So uh, without any further ado, I want you to welcome Brother Ronnie Foray, who's going to preach the word for us this morning. So put your hands together for him. Well, praise God. It's, it's so good to look out in this auditorium and see this many people, because the last time I preached here, about two years ago, I think it was, maybe two and a half years ago, it wasn't a whole lot of people, so I just thank Pastor Mo and Sister Chantel for what they're doing, doing a great job, and thank God that the church is growing, God's putting it on people's hearts, and uh, just thank you guys, and thank you guys for having me this morning, and uh, more importantly, thank you guys for trusting me and bringing me on as youth pastor. Uh, again, um, <laughs> as some of you know, I, about three years ago, I was on staff here, and um, it was right after a time I was let go from Thibodeau Assembly. And I came over here at, looking for a place to heal because I was hurt pretty bad at Thibodeau. And I came here and Pastor Robert right away put me to work. He said, okay, you're going to help us with, your, your, with the youth. And in my mind, in, in my limited way of thinking, I'm thinking, all right, this is going to help me heal. All right, I'm going to come and work with this youth group and it's going to help me heal. But as I was telling Pastor Mo the other day, it was kind of like, putting a Band-Aid on open-heart surgery. It, it didn't work out good. And not that I wasn't pouring into the, heart, uh, the hearts of the students like, like I always did. Uh, I didn't feel it was God. And even Danielle told me uh, she didn't feel that this, this was something that God had for us. But um, uh, I've always trusted in the voice of God. I've always listened to the voice of God. In every major decision... I trusted that, that, that voice, to hear that voice of God. When I'm buying a car, me and Danielle says, all right, let's, let's go home and pray. Now, the dealers, they don't want to hear that. They want you to buy the car then and there, but me and Danielle, we've got to pray about this. Whenever we're buying a house or selling a house, God, we need your voice. Whenever, whenever I moved to Springfield to go to Bible college, I had to make sure I heard the voice of God in that because, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal right there. So hearing the voice of God it, it is really big in my life, and I always seek out God's voice. And when I came here over three years ago, I didn't hear the voice of God. You know, excuse me. I, um, I just came here, like I said, just for a place to heal. And I was put to work right away. And we all know how it worked out. Uh, Pastor Robert left. And because I didn't feel tied to this place, I left right after he left. And, and I should have started off with praying, God, do you want me here? And it's real big in a minister's life. If you, want, if you want to be a successful minister, make sure you hear the voice of God before you start somewhere. Because in my heart, I was thinking last year, some of you know, uh, that I put my house up for sale and I wanted to move from South Louisiana because I, geographically, I hate South Louisiana. Geographically, let me make that clear. I don't like the topography. I don't like the swamps and the mosquitoes and, and, the, and the stickiness when you walk outside and go to your car. I don't like that. I like mountains. I like the beach. The beach is really my place to be. And um, not Grand, Grand Isle's not a beach. Grand Isle's not a beach. But um, uh, right now I feel that God has led us here. Even Danielle says that she's excited to be here. Danielle looks forward to coming to church on Sundays now. And not that she never did look forward to coming to church, but she looks forward to coming to church. She's excited. And, and Danielle's not a really emotional person. Neither am I. When I'm excited, this is me excited. Uh, I'm very excited right now. 
And I'm excited the way God's going to use me in youth. Uh, I'm excited the way God's going to use me around the church. I'm excited. Uh, I'm very excited. All right. That this, by the way, this is me. This is me sad. So, yeah, I'm not an emotion, but I, I definitely heard the voice of God when it came to coming over here, and um, I know it was the voice of God because when it's the voice of God, it usually starts off with an argument. God, you want me to talk to who? God, you want you want me to put how much in the offering? Uh, how many of you guys have ever been there? <laughs> I don't think I can do that. God, I can't talk to that person. No. And I was like, God, you want me to go where? Back to Berwick? I can't go back to Berwick. So here I am, a little puzzled, but trusting. <laughs> trusting God. So, um, Y'all, just be in prayer for me, be in prayer for the youth, be in prayer for this whole church, because uh, we need it. Amen? Um, that's what I want to talk about this morning to you guys. I'm going to talk about hearing the voice of God, because I think it's crucial for us as Christians to listen and to obey that voice of God in every aspect of our lives, because like I said, when you don't hear the voice of God, and you do something anyway, chances are you're going to mess yourself up. We have, to, we have to hear the voice of God. And we question him and, and ask God, where are you? And every time I hear that, God, where are you? Or I say that myself, God, where are you? Because I've said that a lot of times. God, where are you? I'm struggling over here. Where are you? I, I think about the footprints in the sand poem. I've, I've, that's something that's, I'm always thinking about. You know, whenever, I, whenever that's on my lips, God, where are you? He's carrying me right now. That's his footsteps. You know, so if you ever get to that point and you're asking, God, where are you? Just remember, he's, he's carrying you. And I started thinking about this message a few weeks ago when uh, we had a lock-in over here with the youth. And uh, we all were set out around the church hiding, and one person was it. And they had to come out, and they had to look for a person. And that person gathered with that other person. They went to the next, and they tried to find, and the, the group grew. And the whole entire time that we were playing hide-and-seek, I was laying right here. You see, this is something Pastor Mo can't do because, you know, he's a, he's a little bit wider than me. But, uh, but I was laying right here. And the whole time I was laying right here, there were students coming to the left of me, running in front of me. And by the way, the lights were off. So, you know, it's not like the lights were on. Uh, let me make that clear. Lights were off, and they were students running from the left to the right and from the right to the left. And they were students coming right down the aisle straight at me. And they never seen me. I was right here the whole entire time, and they never saw me. And I started thinking, how often are we looking for God? And we're saying, God, where are you? And he's right there beneath our noses the whole entire time. And we need to just open our eyes and start l listening for God's, uh, God's voice. And um, so if you ever find yourself asking God, where are you? Ask yourself these two things. Do I know him? And am I still? First of all, do I know him? Now, I'm not talking about knowing him like I know my mailman or I know my teacher, or I know my, um, 
acquaintances at work. I'm not talking about that type of knowing. I'm talking about really knowing God in an intimate way, that type of way that a husband knows his wife, that intimate way. Because I believe we need to know that know God in an intimate way. Because if, if y'all didn't love each other in an intimate way, your relationship would suffer. And that's, that's like a relationship with God. If we don't know God in that intimate way, I believe that our relationship is going to suffer. We have to know God in an intimate way. And in knowing him, the first thing we have to do is make sure, first and foremost, that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus came to breathe life into us by offering himself as a sacrifice so our sins would not prevent us from knowing God because our sin gets in the way of what God wants to do in our life. Our sin will get in the way and mess us up more than anything I can think of. And once we've received this truth that Jesus is the way, then I believe we can begin our journey into really knowing God, really knowing who he is. And the Bible is, the Bible is essentially a love letter written from God. And the first thing we have to do in knowing him is we gotta know our word. We have to know our word. And, and I can't think of a better way to know in our creator than immerse ourselves in the word. I mean, really dig deep, really eat our word. I once heard someone say, you gotta eat this word. There's an old saying, you are what you eat. Whatever you put in you will come out. So I believe you have to eat this word. And Caden, I don't mean you have to physically eat this word, so don't eat the pages of this book. But you have to become, you have to get into that word so much that it becomes who you are. Wherever you go, you're just spewing it out. You're spewing out the word. Amen? It's important that we continue this process throughout the entire journey. Paul writes to, sec- to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, <coughs> excuse me, 14 through 16, says this, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to know what to do in your Christian walk? Know the word. Another key ingredient in knowing God is speaking to him, praying. And now I've often told students in in my past youth group that praying is the single most important thing that I do during service. Praying is, if you want to speak, speak while I'm preaching. Don't speak while I'm praying. Because that right there, we're talking to God. And there's nothing I take more serious than speaking to God. I take that serious. And we have, in order to know God, we have to talk to him. We have to spend time with him. We have to communicate. Danielle, come here real quick. She didn't know I was going to do this. But let's just say I'm married to this lady. <laughs> let's just say I'm married to this lady. I am, by the way. Um, and we just got married. And I love her. And I come home. 
and I just hug on her, and I kiss her. And she says, how was your day, honey? How's your day, honey? And I just say, and I just sit there and don't say anything. And then the next day I come by, and I, I'm home, and I hug on her, and she says, how was your day? It's great. You know, I don't say nothing. I don't say nothing. And I keep on day after day doing that. Now, you can go sit down. I just want to hug on you. (laughs) Day after day. You know, at at the beginning, she might think, oh, how sweet. He's the strong, silent type. You know, but after a while, uh, that's going to become irritating. By the way, girls, don't ever go for the strong, silent type because that means he's not a communicator and he won't talk to you. So, how long before you think Danielle would say, oh, you got to get out of here, you know? I needed someone that's going to talk to me. And I believe that, not that God's going to ever tell us to get out of here, but God wants us to speak to him. God wants to communicate with, with him. And we look throughout the Bible, we see examples of men who prayed, men who got on their face before God. And if Jesus Christ himself prayed to God. I think it's important that we pray and we speak to God. We talk to God. And sometimes I find it hard to, hard to pray. It, many Christians find it hard to pray. It, you know, I'm going to raise my hands and say it's hard to pray sometimes. But we have to get in a, a habit. Speaking to him is vital. It's vital. We were created to worship God And I believe with all my heart that praying is a form of worship. It's something that we should do every single day. And I got to a point where I'm uh, I'm praying all the time. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I I I do go days without praying. I'm not perfect. But I got to a point where I drive for a living. And while I'm on the road, I'll look at someone on the side of the road. Maybe they got in an accident or they're pulled over by the cops. And I'll say, God, touch them. I know that's a headache. Bless them, Lord. Or I'll go by, I'll pass by a school. And I'll say, Lord, put your hands on that school. Lord, touch the teachers. Touch the students in that school. I've gotten to habit of doing that every day. I'll pass by certain groups of people on the side of the road. And I'll look at them. And my first thought is like, oh, get a job. But... When I say that, and I'm just being honest, I'm, I'm transparent, God will convict me and I'll say, Lord, help me love those people like you love them, because you love them just as much as me, so help. And I, I pray like that all day long, you know, and we need to get into the habit of praying. First Thessalonians five sixteen through 17 says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstance. And I'm sure most of you know that it doesn't mean we have to pray 24 hours a day, but we have to be in an attitude of prayer. Just like I'm going throughout my day and I'm, and I'm ready to pray at any given moment, we have to be like that. We have to be ready to pray. And Colossians 4, 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And as I was studying this last night, I went through some several um, Uh, interpretations of the Bible, and I don't remember what interpretation it was, but one of the interpretations said, instead of devote yourselves to prayer, it said, be instant in prayer. And I started thinking about that, be instant in prayer. One of my pet peeves, I have many, many pet peeves, but one of my pet peeves is when people say, I'll pray for you, and then they leave. 
I'm thinking, thought you just said you're going to pray for me. Where, where are you going? Or I'll look on Facebook and somebody will write a, something, hey, I need you to pray for me. And you'll have all kind of people commenting, going to pray for you. I'll be praying for you, praying for you. And you're looking down, all the people saying, I'm going to be praying for you. And you, I know that person doesn't pray. There's no way that person prays. We need to be instant in prayer. Be ready to pray at the drop of a hat. If you're in the middle of Walmart and somebody says, hey, would you pray for me? Pray for them. Pray for them. If you're reading Facebook and you see that somebody needs prayer, instead of saying, I'll be praying for you, why don't you pray for them and then say, just prayed. Or emoji, praying hands, emoji, thumbs up, or something like that. You know, pray. Be ready to pray instantly. And why wouldn't we want to talk, talk to God? Why wouldn't we want to pray? Because we look at Jeremiah twenty nine twelve. It says this. You will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. This is God saying that I will listen to you. The creator of the universe saying that I'm going to listen to you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer to you. And that's so humbling to know that the God of the universe the God that knit us together, that knew us before we were in our our mother's womb is listening to us. Why wouldn't we want to pray to him? So when we pray, pray with expectancy. Pray in that you know God is going to answer you. A few weeks ago in, in Sunday school, we were talking about how in third world countries, when people go into these church meetings and revival meetings, they go expecting God to do something. They go knowing that God's going to heal. And that's why you see so many miracles happen in third world countries that you don't really see in America. Because in America, I think we lack that expectancy. We, we've, we're inundated with so many things that we lack that expectancy. We, we pray and we trust God. And when God doesn't answer, we're like, eh, maybe we'll get it next time. You know, we, when we pray, we need to know that we know God is going to heal us. We need to know that God is going to bless us. I, and real quick story, it's not in my notes. Whenever I pray, I'm able to pray expecting for God to heal. Because years ago at a youth convention, I seen my leg fold in half. A kid hit my leg, and my leg was touching this leg. My knee was touching this knee with my foot still right there. It folded in half. It was the most excruciating pain that I've ever felt in my life. And I fell to the floor and I was in excruciating pain. And I wasn't so much pain that the only thing I could say was pray. And people started praying. And I've never experienced a supernatural healing before that. And I've heard people say, I felt a warm sensation. And it's true. I felt this warm sensation and I stood up afterwards and my leg wasn't hurting. I mean, at very least, I should have been sore with that angle that my leg was pointing. There was no soreness. So that night when we prayed for Pastor Allen's dad when he was having that liver transplant or kidney transplant, something like that, I was able to pray with expectancy. Amen? Knowing that God is a God that heals. He listens to me. He hears me. So guys, when you pray, pray that you know God is going to heal you. God is going to touch you. God is going to save that family member you've been praying for. Expect God to do great things. And the third step of knowing God is obeying him. And that means obey him even though we don't hear his voice. Because sometimes we go a long time without hearing his voice. 
I mean, shortly after I left here over three years ago, or around three years ago, I went through a deep depression that I didn't hear God's voice. That was probably one of the hardest things that I had to deal with, not hearing God's voice, because I became accustomed to hearing God's voice on a daily basis. And all of a sudden, I'm like, God, where are you? Now, I never lost faith that God was there, never lost faith, but I was questioning, God, where are you? But just because I couldn't hear his voice didn't mean I don't need to obey him. We have to obey God even when we can't hear his voice. We have to do right even though we don't, we, we, we don't hear that. In John 20, 29, it says, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see me and yet believed. And I kind of added to that and say, blessed are they who do not see or hear me and still believe. Some of the biggest blessings that I've ever received in my life came at times where I felt dry. It came at times where I was in church and I didn't feel the goosebumps. You know, God's not a goosebump. God's not a shiver. You know, and now it's nice when we come to church and we feel God. It's nice to have that feeling. But that's not God. When you have the faith to know, when you don't feel anything and you still worship, I believe with all my heart God's going to touch you. Like I said, some of my biggest moments of, of breakthrough came when I got to church and I said, you know what, God, I don't feel you. I'm dry inside, but you know what? I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to praise you because you are worthy. If I can't feel you in the spirit, I'm going to worship you in the flesh. And those are when the biggest breakthroughs came through because I did it out of faith. That's when faith came into play. And we carry the responsibility to live out the very faith that's required to know God regardless of how we're feeling. We're the salt of this earth. We're, we're designed to bring flavor into a dark, dying world. And we're going to have bad days. All of us have bad days. You're going to go into work and you're not going to feel like being Mr. and Mrs. Christian. But you're salt of the earth. You know, I'm not saying be fake. But don't give God a bad name by having a bad attitude. <laughs> Jesus himself placed the greatest importance on loving God with all we are and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And this command is impossible to keep without commitment to reading and applying his truth that was revealed in his word. So three steps to knowing God is praying, studying, and obeying him. And the, third, the second thing I want to add is if you're still not hearing the voice of God, if you pray, if you study, if you obey and you still don't hear the voice of God, I want to ask you, are you still? Are you still? One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Psalms 46.10, where it says, be still and know that I am God. And it became one of my favorite scriptures after I read the commentary in the fire Bible one day. And um, you see, when I first heard the, the words of, the, of this verse, it sounded very calming, very relaxing. Be still. I got this. It sounded like God was just saying, it's all right, be still. It's okay. You know, very just quiet. Then I read the, the commentary on the fire, in the fire Bible, fire Bible, and it says, the Hebrew words here can also be translated, enough! It's enough with exclamation point. 
Stop. Let go. Quit holding on to the things that may be distracting you or weighing you down. That's what it means. That be still is God saying, shh. But we can hardly be still long enough to hear him speak to us because we live in a fast-paced society. And I'm not saying that we don't have faith or think that God can work in us, but a lot of times we don't hear God because of the noise in our lives. And sometimes I believe with all my heart that we're at the altars and we're praying and we're pouring our hearts out to God. And after 15 minutes, we get up and we're like, okay, what happened on Facebook since, uh, so, oh, look, Sherry and Zach are nearby. How's it going? <laughs> and we, we go through Facebook and we're like, all right. Or we might be in our prayer closets at home and we're pouring out our hearts to God. God, touch our community, touch our families. And then we get up and we grab the TV remote and we say, okay, well, let's, let's see what they're saying about Trump today. All right. <laughs> Our students, maybe you're in your room and you're, you're praying to God. You're really crying out to God and you're saying, God, use me in my schools. Use me in my family. Lord, just use me. And then you pick up that gaming remote and you start playing only to have some nine-year-old kid talk about your mom. You know, <laughs> students know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That kind of ruins the moment. And I believe in, in, in my, my, my overactive imagination, sometimes I believe that, that God is above us when we're in the altars and he, he's ready to touch us. He's ready to heal us. He's ready to speak into our lives and he's right there on the brink of it and we get up and we get on our phone and God's like, well, let me, let me just step back. We're praying in our closet and we're pouring out and God's ready to touch you. God's ready to speak to you. And then we pick up the remote and God's like, I'll wait. Students, you're pouring out, God, I need you to change me. I need you to help me in my school. And then you pick up the game and remote and God says, I'll wait. God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman and I believe he's not going to interrupt you. I wish you would interrupt us. I wish you would butt in sometimes. But he's a gentleman and he's going to wait. And sometimes if we're not doing stuff like that, we talk too much. We talk too much. God bless me here. God bless me there. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, please, please, please. God, I need this. this, this touch them. Touch us. Heal that. Heal that. Heal that. And we, we keep on and we keep on and we keep on. And we don't stop talking and I used to watch Seinfeld a lot. And what's so funny about that? And there was an episode of Seinfeld with Kathy Griffin. And she wasn't relevant back then, but she's relevant now with the old Donald Trump head thing. And Kramer was on a, doing a vow of silence. He swore that he wouldn't talk. And he's sitting there and he wouldn't talk. And Kathy Griffin's on the side of him. Yip, 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 yip. And finally he breaks his vow of silence and he says, you got to shut up. And I think sometimes, not that God's ever going to say shut up, but we're sitting there and we're saying, God, I need this, God, I need that, God, I need this. And sometimes I feel God saying, enough already. I got this. Stop. Stop talking. Just, just relax. Calm down. Calm down. 
One of my favorite things to do in the world, my favorite vacation, is going on the beach. I love the beach. I'm a beach bum at heart. I love laying on the beach and basking in the sun. I love listening to the waves, smelling the Gulf breeze. I love that. And never more am I at peace, more at peace than when I'm on the beach. I mean, when I'm on the beach, my stress is relieved. When I'm on the beach, just laying in the sun, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world, I'm at peace. And I believe with all my heart that sometimes we need to just bask in the glory of God. Sometimes we didn't just lay there and go, God, I'm going to shut up for a little while. And I'm just going to lay here or sit here or stand here. And I'm just going to wait. Like it's uncomfortable sometimes. If I just sat here for 10 minutes just staring at you guys, how uncomfortable would it be? but I really believe that sometimes we need to spend time not talking in the presence of God. And when we learn that, we can get, when we can get in God's presence and just sit there, then, and maybe then we just might hear him. Amen.